Good evening, everybody. This is Rich Duncan with Ink Heist. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Douglas Keen, and tonight we're excited to welcome Red Legault and Eve Harms to the show. Um, we're here to celebrate the release of their new books um, for Red. It's a, her new collection, Dismal Dreams, and for Eve, it's the release of her Rewind or Die novella transmuted um welcome to the show guys um we're happy to have you here how are you guys doing really good thanks oh, <laughs> we're so happy to have you shane <laughs> i'm doing good thank you yeah thanks so um, much for having me on oh yeah absolutely um we're super psyched to have you guys on um here's something i did on the last books. show just before you get too far rich because um, I had so many people, um, when I asked questions that were going to pertain to everybody, I just took it alphabetically. So mm-hmm. if if one of us asks a question that pertains to both of you, just assume we mean even then red. Okay. That, that just that's, sounds good. That works perfect. Oh, okay. Sorry. I know, no, I think no, we're you're that's reading, cool. and then we're being polite, and and then exactly. nobody said anything. <laughs> exactly. James said in here lighten one up (laughs) (laughs) oh I'm on the air now mark that (laughs) yeah so um we were um we usually kick off the show by kind of um asking our guests to give like a new kid at school speech um so just a little bit about yourselves um your work and anything else you'd like uh listeners to know and uh yeah we'll start with you Eve Okay, um, so yeah, I'm Eve. Um, basically, I'm a horror writer, as you might have guessed, because I'm on this podcast. Um, I've self-published a series, uh, which is The Demonic Diaries, and then Transmuted's coming out soon. Um, I live in Los Angeles. What else kind of things should I say? Um, Anything you want. <laughs> I'm really happy to be on the show, and I'm excited to... Uh, yeah, just shoot the shit. So, yeah, that is a, um, a good introduction. We're excited to have you. But everybody also, Eve is a really fucking awesome person and a damn good writer. Um, and she tends to be self-deprecating. So if she doesn't praise herself enough, enough assume that I am. I'm really good at self-deprecating. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Sorry, Red. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, I am Red Legato. Uh, I, too, am a horror writer. And uh, I have uh, a couple collections. That, uh, well, I have one collection out. It's Lucid Screams. And then my next one coming out is Dismal Dreams. And that should be out next month. I I don't know what to say about myself. I'm just, uh, just trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up and Right now, I really enjoy writing horror. <laughs> right now, what she enjoys doing is fucking you up psychologically. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, Red. Um, well, I have to be fucked up. Everybody else has to be fucked up, too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean that in the best of ways. Um, I'm reading Dismal Dreams. Very belatedly, Rich already tore through it, and that motherfucker is just vicious and awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh yay! <laughs> You're gonna be on the hook for some therapy bills. 
Not for me, I was already so fucked up in the head before Red got to me. <laughs> She's still catching up with me. Um, but, uh, and, um, sorry. No worries. Um, so, you, so you guys listen to us all the time. You know how fucking bad my brain is. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Go ahead, Rich. Uh, I was just going to reiterate what uh, Shane said. Um, uh, for both of your books, um, Dismal Dreams and Transmuted, um, I really enjoyed both of them a lot. Um, it's like just because of like schedules and things like that, sometimes it's hard to, you know, find time to read things or um, whatever. But um, in the case of Dismal Dreams and Transmuted, um, I read both of those, I think, in like each one it took me like a day apiece um i really loved what you guys uh did with that and um i just wanted to kind of ask um from kind of like a a short story um you know sort of format or a shorter um work you know like novellas and short stories um what do you guys kind of like about writing in that medium um so Pretty much all of my work tends to be about novella length, like on the shorter novella side. I mm-hmm. don't do a lot of short stories, and I haven't put out a novel yet. Um, and I think what I like about it is that it's just I, I'm I just tend to naturally be an underwriter, so um, I feel like it just kind of naturally goes with my more economical style. And I usually end up writing it shorter than it ends up, and then. Um, add stuff in um in general it's kind of what i prefer as a reader too just like that novella length is just kind of hits that sweet spot for me mm-hmm. yeah i agree 100 percent. I, I i love the shorter form uh, my attention span for longer stories doesn't always last yeah um i don't I don't know why. Um, it doesn't have to be action-packed or anything. I just like the story to be told completely and concisely and quickly, and so I tend to write that way. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm a big fan of of short stories. I prefer reading them over over novels. I am too. So, well, I prefer novellas over either form for reading, but um, otherwise, yeah, it goes novella, short or short story, and then novel. Mm-hmm. It's like the perfect length for you to sink your teeth into it, but not mm-hmm. feel daunted. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, well, I do read novels, but um, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was at a estate sale today and I saw a copy of The Stand, and I'm like, holy crap! Like, what are you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I actually didn't get. It. I was thinking about it. I said not to, but I'm like, holy crap! Like, uh I don't yeah, know if my attention span's dumb. been ruined or by the internet, but um, yeah. it's just a lot. It's like, those are a lot of words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's so yeah. many things that are vying for our attention now. So it's not even necessarily like attention span. It's like, there's just so much wealth of media and books and you just like want to read everything. So mm-hmm. when you're picking a really long work, you're like, well, I have to... You can only read so many books in your lifetime, I guess, and only hear so many voices. That's uh, mm. one of one of the very very rare benefits of severe ADHD is that I read five books at a time, um, so I can do that to some degree. Uh, 
pretty much be reading everything I want to read right now. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, but it takes me forever to read a book too because of that. So. Um, I was oh I do remember this one. Yay me! Um, you both had uh, work in. Um, We are wolves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eve had a awesome poem in there that I had the honor of beta reading. Um, and Thank you. I'm trying to find Rats back. I read it. It's awesome. It was, but it was name... a fun poem. Eve's Eve's poem was <laughs> it was really fun. Oh, thank you. Um, it was the witch one, the leggings and the witch. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Oh my god, it was so fun. It was so. Yeah original i love i love it when stories surprise me and so that was, that was fun thank uh, you i agree i agree but i mean and you're really good at that too though red pretty much i don't pick anything up by you and it doesn't surprise the hell out of me <laughs> and i mean like the very first titular story in dismal dreams just uh it's like uh, i'm in trouble <laughs> 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 yeah, and but it's the delightful kind of trouble that we're all here for. <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, that's that's what makes me really, really, really love the indie market over big fives. Is that it's with every talented writer that we have in this industry, we get we get a different flavor. You know, you whatever mm-hmm. you guys come up with. It's going to be a different type of. It's going to be your type of body horror, your type of psychological horror, you know, whatever the case may be. Every story tends to be a lot more unique because indies are willing to take chances. Yeah, I really found my my love of reading fiction in indie. Um, I was one of those people that started writing before I started reading. <laughs> Which is, a, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> but uh, I, I read nonfiction stuff. I read a lot of nonfiction, but I wasn't reading fiction. And I loved uh, movies, but I, I had stories I wanted to tell. And so when I started telling them and I started researching, you know, how to be a good writer, I was like, oh, shit, I need to read. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so I, I tried to find books and I kept picking up stuff from, you know, whatever was on the shelves at Barnes and Noble and nothing was clicking with me. And I kept starting books, getting a chapter in and quitting. And then I found the horror community on Twitter and found a lot of indie authors. I found Keelan Patrick Burke and Gemma Moore and Laura Hightower. And I started finding all these indie writers and I'm like, these are my stories. This is what I connect with. Same here. That's exactly exactly what Mm -hmm. happened with me. I was just stagnating. I had literally not read horror in almost five years. Um, and then I discovered Great Matter Press, read their first anthology, and that was all she wrote. I was yeah. in her life after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how about you, uh, Eve? How did you um, come to find indie horror? Well, I guess it's there's like a little bit of a similarity where I used to read a lot of um, like science fiction and like Kurt Vonnegut and stuff like that. And then I read a lot of comics and then there was a a period where I was basically only reading nonfiction. And um, 
I had injured myself and I was unable to do a lot. I injured my wrist. So I was like watching a lot of TV and I started to want to watch or write like stories for television. Um, but then I realized like you can write something for television, you can shop it around. There's no guarantee it'll get made. You know, you, you have to rely on all these people. So then I decided, you know, I'll, I'll try to start writing books. And um, that kind of brought me back to reading again, uh, fiction. Um, and I got like a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I, I kind of like, that's one of the things like, you know, I feel so um, conflicted about Kindle Unlimited, but it did kind of help me just discover like, um, it was one of those year's best weird fiction compilations. And from there, I somehow found The Secret of Ventriloquism. And I read that just, like, at the perfect time. And it fucked me up. Like, I was just, like... I was already fucked up. I was already really fucked up. But it, like, fucked me up in this complete other way. Like, my mind was just, like... Just encased in this kind of, like, surrealist dread that was completely different than the surrealist dread I was going through in that li- at that time. So I just kind of, that was it. I was just kind of hooked then. And then ever since then, I've just been kind of, you know, I got into Twitter and I've been, um, yeah, and then I've been checking out all the indie horror writers. And yeah, I'm just kind of hooked. Like I just, horror is mostly what I read at the moment other than nonfiction. Um, and I don't watch TV anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I just like don't watch movies or TV at all. Just because, I don't there's only so much time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to balance too if you're if you're a writer as well. Um, I make myself read, but I'm far more invested in writing these days. So it's hard mm-hmm. to hard to keep both of those things. Uh, I mean, do you find that read that you find yourself wanting to write more than read, and it gets in the way of your reading? <laughs> Absolutely. I I just juggling everything, just life in general. Everybody goes through it. it the day is long, <laughs> and at the end yeah. of the day, sometimes I'm too tired to read. I open the book and I fall asleep before I've read a chapter, before I've read two paragraphs. And so, yeah, it. Um, I mean, there's only so much time, and so whatever we have the energy for, that's that's what we put into it. If if, if our soul needs to read, then let's just read for a little while. But um, if I if I've got the passion to write, I, I certainly do that instead. I'm, yeah, in the same way. It's much preferable to doing the dishes and going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's actually how I started writing. I, uh, I became a stay-at-home mom, um, which was the hardest decision of my life. I left work and became a stay-at-home mom. And I did the, the whole mom thing. I had two little kids, and I was, you know picnics and making cakes from scratch and cleaning my house on a schedule and and I was doing that for about a month and I was like oh you just broke my fucking brain I just can't some people get joy (laughs) do really good at that and they they find joy in it and that's wonderful but it just wasn't for me I needed I need something else I needed to create and so that's when I started writing You just totally took me aback there with that image. It's like, no, nah, I don't know who she's describing, but it ain't her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that image doesn't fit the personality for some reason. But, uh, we're all lucky that you started writing. Um, oh, thank you. I heard that and take a breath, Rich. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. Um, 
I was just going to ask, um, too, um, you, um, kind of how you guys approach, like, um, writing series or serial works. Um, Eve, I know that you have um, a series, um, the Kendra Temples, the Demonic Diaries, and Red, I know that you wrote um, with uh, Stillwater Bay. And I was just curious, you know, how do you guys kind of plan out, like, you know, the arcs and things like that, and just kind of how you approach it in general? Um, well, my approach to the Demonic Tires is just kind of a mess. Um, it started out uh, posted on a blog written as the character. I used to actually write under Kendra Temples. Um, I wasn't really in the indie horror scene then, but I was on Twitter, so a lot of people don't know that. And then eventually when I, this was when I was like, um, you know, I hadn't come out yet. Like I was, um, it was kind of my way of like being able to be a woman in the world, um, virtually. And so I put that out on the blog and I had like a little bit of a following and then I made it to an ebook. And then eventually I decided to, you know, transition and, um, and decided I want to write under my own name. Um, Eve Harms is my real name. I know like people like are always like, what a great name, you know, like, um, but <laughs> I kind of like wish I wrote under a pen name, but it's, it's a little too hard to pass up. Uh, please don't talk to me listeners. Um, and, uh, so, and then I put it out and then I'm like, I, I just, I, I felt compelled to write something that was a little bit more me. I, I don't know if it makes sense. The, the first book is a little mm-hmm. less weird than I would like. I mean, it, 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 it is what it is, and it's pretty good, but it's like the themes, it's more of an exploratory work than it is like a work where I had like a theme that I brought to it, where most of my work is kind of theme-driven. So the book two and three are heavily theme-driven. Unfortunately, no one's really read them, but it's okay. We'll see. Uh, get, get the box set, then you can read all of them. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to... I, the funny thing is, is that I have them. Oh. I just haven't. I haven't got around to the part where I need to unfuck myself and read them. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people's first works are very exploratory, though. Yeah. Was that your first? Mm-hmm. It was. Okay, yeah. So I think I think that's true for everybody. It kind of starts off as this exploration of what your writing skills are and then you're still learning and so you you want to make it marketable and I, at least that's that was my view with, with my first it was just I I didn't really write for me um, for some of it I, I had I very much had in mind what people would think <laughs> mm-hmm. and you write so you're much right. more poorly when you do that mm. I mean, I do anyway. If I'm trying to focus on somebody else as an audience for what I'm writing, I suck. I suck bad enough when I'm not doing that. But even if the work oh, is no, good, you like you're pulling punches. That's just yeah. what it comes down to, yeah. right? Like, there's things that you could put in there that's you, and you don't because you're like, eh, maybe people won't like that. And and I will admit, the first book, there's a few punches pulled. Um, mm-hmm. And it is because I'm like, well, I want, re- I want to write something that people will read and like. But the reality is, like, people don't like stuff that, you know, that people think they'll like. You know, they want something that they want the punches. Yep, they mm-hmm. do. You're right about that. Um, that's, that's, you know, and that was, 
Um, Red's actually a perfect example of that. Um, that's what makes people come back to her work. Everybody, I, everybody online who talks about her work, um, the impact is a huge part of it for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where none of us are here to, you know, listen to uh, a rehashing of Agatha Christie or something. You know, we're all here, <laughs> we're all here to yeah. get our teeth kicked in. You know, it's <laughs> why we're all here. Oh, I'm pulling punches all the time. I still do it. Uh, not that I've been in in it for very long. I've only been doing it like five or six years. Um, when it comes to horror, I've only been doing it for five or six years. But I, I to this day, I'm pulling punches constantly, and I need to I need to get out of that. But yeah. but I, I worry because some of the shit I think up is really. <laughs> fucking messed up. <laughs> yeah. That's the best stuff. I want to I want to know what that is. Like tell me, you know, like write it down. Let me see it. Like I I think um and, and then also I think like it's really messed up and then people will say it's really messed up, but then you're kind of I don't know, for transmuted like I was like, oh my god, like there's a couple things in here people are going to either like they're going to hate or they're going to like really freak out. And like mostly I don't know. I feel like I was surprised that the reactions weren't stronger. Like people are like, whoa, that seems crazy or whatever. But like, I haven't had anybody like hate it. And I'm almost a little disappointed that I haven't had any like, like really <laughs> like, like, well, well I'm, I'm sure I'll get them later. Like as the book comes out, but yeah, yeah. Probably once it's out there for the, for the entire public to read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think what it basically comes down to, like, for one reader, it's like, this is like, well, I've read this, like, you know, like, I've read every single cartoon my like book, so, like, this is nothing. And then, like, some other reader, like, is like, their mind just, you know, exploded because <laughs> you wrote a mutant sex scene or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm really looking forward to Transmuted. Mm-hmm. I've been, I've been watching the, the posts on that. I'm super excited about that coming out. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, that whole series I'm is excited awesome, for yours, though, too. Huh? When is it? It's is it July? It's July, right? July fifteenth. Thank, July thank 15th. you. Okay. Oh, it got quiet. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I was trying to figure out my mic. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was having issues with it. Um, I, I should probably warn that I have loud obnoxious dogs and it's late so they probably won't start barking but don't be surprised if you hear vicious animals in the background <laughs> if you ever hear an animal in the background here who sounds vicious it's only about three inches tall so <laughs> but there is the possibility of the sound occurring uh, um oh before I forget I kept meaning to say this when I was talking about Eve's poem and we are wolves. I found the book. I found Red Story, and I remember now why I blocked it. <laughs> this is the, I saw this online last night, but it was something I had already read before. Um, that first line to it, and I have to read it because I love it. This is what Red means by the shit she thinks of. Um, do you mind, Red? No, I don't mind. Okay. Um, Allison didn't have to cut herself open to know she was pretty on the inside. All she ever wanted was for Mama to see it. Two lines, sorry. But (laughs) it's like, 
Damn. <laughs> yeah, I got like a little like spine tingle. Right, and the whole mm-hmm. story just is amazing. So anyway, that's all I have for you guys tonight. Is just adulation. Uh, <laughs> um, but actually, uh, Eve. Um, Jesus Christ, I can't remember what I'm going to say again. Yeah, your mic is kind of a little. I don't know, maybe staticky. Yeah. A little oh, fuzzy. Oh, oh, sorry. Just a little. I realize somebody turned the fan on right behind me, blowing on my mic. Oh, it's much oh, better. Yeah. It's good yeah. now, yeah. Yeah, very clear. Sorry about that. That's okay. It gave me an excuse for losing my mind and forgetting myself again. Oh, I do that. I do that a lot too. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm so used to it now that I can't worry about it, or I'd just go insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of like what you guys were saying too. Um, like about you know pulling punches and like worrying about putting certain things in there. Um, like one thing that I've always liked about doing this show and also you know reading hard is it seems like for the most part, I mean, we get to know writers through Twitter. Or, you know, doing these episodes and things like that. But one thing that I've always thought was cool was you can kind of, especially after you get to talk to somebody for a while, it seems like horror, and I can't speak for all genres because, you know, my experience is mainly with this community. But what I think is cool is that you can kind of start to see where, like, writers put bits of themselves in there. Um, And that's always cool. So, yeah, if you... If you ever feel hesitant about it, like um, people really enjoy that stuff. And I've had a couple writers, I can't think off the top of my head now, but I've read short stories by them where, you know, I went in expecting one thing because I had read a bunch of their work. And then they hit me with something like totally out of left field. And like it shocked me in a good way. So. You know, it might not work for everybody, but I know a lot of people, you know, would probably appreciate, like, um, you guys doing something similar to that. And that's not really a question either, but. (laughs) I got really distracted because my husband came in to pour me another drink. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. (laughs) So I'm, just, like, I'm following this drink being poured. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I I know I'm not supposed to pull punches, um, but I do it. I don't know why I do it. Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't know if it's just this subconscious, this self doubt about whether or not I can pull it off, or 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 what it is. Yeah, I, th- I think it's only natural, um, you know, like I I haven't really shared much of the stuff that I've written, you know, outside of a couple people. But I know that that's always something that like I struggle with, too, is, um, you know, like how much like I know it's a thing, like you said, not to and to like put yourself in there. But, you know, sometimes it's hard, especially depending on whatever whatever type of story or um writing or you know maybe it's like a subject that's kind of important to you or something like that you know it's always uh at least for me because I always have like a lot of anxiety um 
it's hard to kind of try and get past that and to like put that into something that you're, uh, you know, you're writing and you know, other people are going to read, even if it isn't necessarily autobiographical. Um, like when you write it, you kind of know that it's personal. I, I think there's like a stylistic aspect too. I mean, there's work that people appreciate that is more restrained. Um, and mm-hmm. it's just kind of how you look at it. Like, I think, what it comes down to is what's right for the piece. Um, so, I mean, for me, like, I, I just do my best work when I just kind of go a little bonkers with it. Like, if I just think of the stupidest idea I can think of and just go for it, I'll be having the most fun. And mm-hmm. But that's my work. My work is, like, kind of goofy. Like, it's, you know, like, it's not the kind of work that generally people, like, like, I, I think it has um, an emotional impact as well, but, like, it's not, like, the work that people read to, like, feel, like, destroyed, you know, or something like that. It's more like they want to have, like, a fun ride and, like, feel something, you know? So, I mean, like, something like, um, you know, like, something like, for example, if you think of a genre that is just all about, like, not pulling any punches is, is bizarro, right? Mm. It's just, like, you just don't, you can't hold back. Like, the readers will will like sense it you know like if you're holding back but something like i don't know like quiet horror right maybe like you do have something that you instinctively want to put in there but maybe it's better to let it simmer in the background so it's not it's not like a a binary thing i don't think but um Mm -hmm. definitely for me like when i'm just like going for it and then there's editing you know like you you don't pull punches and then you you pull them after like with (laughs) you know with your red pen right Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great point because sometimes, depending on the piece, you do you do have to pull back a little bit because it might not be right for that piece. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. And um, just uh, <clears throat> one thing that I wanted to ask you guys too is, um, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, how has kind of and I know people are probably sick of talking about this, but everything that's been going on like the past year, you know, how has that kind of impacted your, um, you know, your writing? Um, so I guess the first year of the pandemic was pretty bad for um, productivity for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I was able to put out, I mean, I guess it wasn't too bad, but it, it felt bad. I, I wasn't writing a lot. I was able to put out a couple books, so I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was fine. I, I did spend a lot of time on, like, the promotional side of stuff, like working on my blog and all that kind of stuff. However, like, you know, that only gets you so far. You really need to actually do the writing. I'm, I'm kind of addicted to Twitter. It's, like, it's a problem, you know? Like, <laughs> like it's made people aware of me, but it's... Mm-hmm. It, you, there's probably been like three books lost to Twitter. Like, let's be real, right? Um, so no I'm lie. Kind of, <laughs> I'm just kind of <laughs> rambling. But um, the pandemic was not. It, I would say it's not good for productivity whatsoever. I'll, I'll just put it that way. Um, no, I yeah. yeah, I'm starting to come out of it now, though. Um, I feel pretty productive lately, for the most part. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm in a similar boat. I was in a similar boat for for 2020. It was a hot mess. So Lucid Screams came out February, the end of February 2020. 
So and then the world ended. I had all these like <laughs> things lined up for book signings and events and whatnot, and then mm-hmm. everything shut down, and so all that was kind of lost. Um, all that promotional stuff that I was going to do face to face was lost. Um, but I mean, it, it had a decent opening. I did what I could with what I had, but when I, I and I, I work as a as a te- uh, teaching assistant at elementary school in the area, and you know, school shut down, so I didn't have a job. <laughs> and my immediate thought was like, I'm gonna have all this time to write. Like, I'm, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna write. And I mostly I just stared out the window and took pictures yeah. of birds. Right. Yeah, That's I, awesome, like, I learned a lot of species of birds. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but every, writing is hard. It was so hard to write. Anybody gain any new superpowers from the pandemic though? Bird identification. Uh, <laughs> for me it for me it's immense, immense alcohol tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've built mine back up. I used to be pretty good in college, and then it, my tolerance <laughs> waned, <laughs> um, and and now I can I can handle handle myself again. <laughs> um, yeah, I I haven't been able to not handle myself since college, pretty much. But, <laughs> uh, well, except for those times when I choose not to and just you know go all out, and I haven't been that young for a while now. <laughs> But uh, what about, let's talk about um, occult knowledge. I get a, I get uh, an esoteric newsletter from one of my favorite people and authors, um, Eve. What? Uh, tell, us, tell us something about that endeavor of yours, that interest of yours. Um, so basically it started with just researching for my books. Um kind of looking into you know like demons and stuff like that and then I started sharing the research online it seemed to resonate with people and then I kind of just started discovering all these like open archives um there's just all these websites that just have you know thousands and thousands of um occult and esoteric books just available for anyone to listen uh, to re- uh, flip through um so then I kind of just made it um I just kind of got addicted to that feeling of like discovering something because sometimes I'll find something that really I just haven't seen anywhere else online. And then sometimes I'll see it again later, but it's just, there's this special feeling of like, whoa, like, you know, I've been looking through like all these books. It's less exciting than doing it in person, obviously like physically flipping through, but you'll just kind of like just be flipping through all this Latin text, like, you know, like nothing that I can really get anything from. And then I'll just discover this like gem and just like this like super weird emblem or something like that. And then I'll like, you know, take a screenshot. I'll try to look up what it's about and share that. Um, so originally it was just supposed to be the research I was doing, but then it kind of took on its own life where it's just kind of a, a practice of just kind of finding all these little tidbits and um, turning them into these little bite-sized pieces to share for people. Um, and people seem to like it. Um, and then it gives me inspiration for more stories. Well, yeah, there's some gold in there. Um, I've been I've been saving the ones you've been sending for that very purpose. It's like, well, there's a lot of shit to write about in here. 
Yeah. And uh, and the, the book I just wrote is it's all based on alchemical well, it's not based, it's inspired by alchemical symbolism. <laughs> so if you're reading the newsletters, you may get a little bit more out of the book, like you'll see the the symbols I use in the book. Um and yeah. Um and um and yeah, it's uh not just another, you know, spammy drivel laden newsletter either. It's actually an entertaining interesting one to read and you know for me because i'm a nerd to go spend three hours researching shit i don't need to know because it interests me thank you that that actually sounds really fascinating what's the um what's the website to sign up for your newsletter i love you you're like asking me like what's the release date for my book you're asking my newsletter url (laughs) 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 you're the best (laughs) Uh, it's eveharms.com slash free dash book because um, you get a free book too Sweet. I'm doing it right now as we speak oh, let me know <laughs> if I get to the wrong <laughs> um, yeah so it's just kind of um, it's, a, it's a lot of fun and I lost my train of thought that, uh, that's totally I'm cool I'm sorry I injected I my phone I swear <laughs> <laughs> so I wish I had written down some of those damn jokes and brought them to this thing Red Red and I had a greeting card company going for a while <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red, Red's uh, Red's uh, number one solid gold one was it's your 18th birthday happy birthday now get the fuck out of my house <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Like, yeah, I think we're going to get along all right. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, once uh, Shane mentioned that, like, I think I remember seeing those on Twitter, and they were hilarious. Mm-hmm. I wish you guys would actually make those cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the part where talent comes in. You know, <laughs> like, I, I can make up the smart-ass, witty, you know, remarks and red can do it even better but somebody else has to make the cards i'm limited in, in supply of wittiness <laughs> yeah. i don't believe it I've i don't believe it for one minute one, and then i fizzle out <laughs> uh my my wittiness is proportionate to the amount of alcohol i have left <laughs> <laughs> Like when when we go when it's ten minutes to the last of the bottle, I'm all done talking. <laughs> Not really. Everybody wishes I was all done talking at that point in time. Not really. I don't drink that much. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. So, go ahead, Rich. I forgot my. I lost my track again. Oh no. No worries. Um. So, Eve, um, I just wanted to kind of uh, touch on Transmuted and kind of how you discovered the uh, Rewind or Die series. Um, I was just kind of curious a little bit about, you know, the origin of that story and then how you kind of came to find uh, the Rewind or Die series. So, um, I'm not exactly sure how I found it. But my first Rewind or Die book was Jessica Guess, um, Cirque Berserk, 
which is love her. Excellent. So good. It's really good. Um, It's one of those books and um, Whispers in the Dark by Laura Hightower did this also, where like raised some questions in the beginning and I'm like, hmm, you know, and then it just answered them perfectly, like in a way that was so satisfying. Um, So this is a really good book. And so I decided to check out, um, you know, I checked out V Castro's book, uh, Hairspray and Switchblades, I think it's Mm -hmm. called. That one's excellent. Um, Food Fright, which is also excellent. And um, when the call came out, I had actually, even before I was writing as Eve Harms, I had kind of had an outline for a book really similar to this one. Um, But it, it it was a little different. But it was a body horror book about a woman who undergoes an experimental treatment who has her body changed. So it's very close. Um, so I just redid the outline and I pitched it and um, Eddie was just like, yeah, write it. And if it doesn't suck, I'll publish it. You know what I mean? Like he's very, um, <laughs> yeah. he's very, very uh, quick and to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I did and I wrote it in and, and yeah, he, he liked it enough that, um, yeah. You know something, man? I fucking love Eddie. That guy is, I mean, you know, I haven't had a lot of interaction with him, you know, other than business-wise, but he has given so many authors a start and a chance in this industry. You know, yeah. so many people mm-hmm. that I had never seen anything from came out of that imprint and actually out of this series. You know, I've gained some yeah. favorite writers out of this series, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, Jessica's definitely one and um, Haley Piper. Um, we love Haley. Penny Rose, yeah. that was so mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. It's my favorite novellas. I freaking love it. Uh, uh, and then there's, I mean, there's so many and, and he is, so many of them are women and queer people and that just really melts my heart. To see that you know <laughs> because um mm-hmm. it's like i know that that's not a quota thing with him i know that he's just picking the best material and, and publishing it um yeah. but it's great to see somebody giving people less experienced authors and people who you know can use the step up a chance to show that they are actually capable of doing so Rewinder Die is genius. Mm-hmm. Like, from a publishing perspective, it's absolutely mm-hmm. genius. Absolutely. It's taking something, it's building a brand that's not in a, that's not dependent on any author. It's something that people will get immediately, like VHS horror from the 80s. Like, every, everybody, yeah. you know, in, in my general age group is, as a kid, went to the video store and saw these, like, weird-ass covers and <laughs> were like, oh, I really yeah. want to watch that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm too scared, or, or let's watch this one. You instantly oh. get it. And then he can just, when he he can bring you know someone who's less known into it, and there's a recognition before people even know who this person is, and yeah. he uses this to spotlight so many different like such a diverse group of people, and it's I don't know I think it's a brilliant thing that he's doing. I do too. It is, yeah. and I have a, a rejection story about him. Uh, <laughs> no, it, were, it was great. I submitted for Rewinder Die for the next series of Rewinder Die, and and he replied. He was interested, but he wanted to know a little more about the story. And so I replied back, and we kind of had a back and forth about what would work and what wouldn't work. And 
I didn't quite have the story. And I, I thanked him, and, and, th- and that was it. But but it was really cool of him as a publisher and an editor to give me that time to, to, to not only pitch my story, but to tell me what he thought it needed. Um, and I never... I was never able to quite get to the point where he liked it, which is fine. But but the fact that he gave me that time of day to talk to me about it says a lot about him as a person, as a and a publisher and an editor. Yeah, it yeah. really does. And and just mm-hmm. kind of what what really in his position a person ought to be, which is kind of a natural mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's so it that is so rare. I've had so many rejections and not one of them yet has said anything other than it didn't work send something to us again someday blah yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. valid response they don't really have they don't have time to do that and so yeah. the, the, mm. the few editors that take the time to do it it's i'm just boggled how they <laughs> how they Me manage too. to find the time to to get back to people well, it's in his name, right? Generous. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mispronouncing it, right? That's how he pronounces no, it. No, no. <laughs> I know, I'm just that was a joke. So. No, I, I know how he pronounces his name. Oh, how does he pronounce it? <laughs> no, it's gen- it's generous. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would be my luck all this time I've been calling him generous. And, and, <laughs> in, like in, the la- in, in the language of his birth, generous is an insult. <laughs> I love yeah. that. We've, we've gotten so used to awkward silences, they're damn near comfortable anymore. <laughs> yeah. I have no problem with silence. Like, I no. can just sit here and be silent and be cool. We'd be with each other in spirit. Oh, see, if I'm uh, if I'm sitting in a room by myself, I'll be sitting here singing because I'm not real good at silence. Um, and it's not because I'm, I'm an incredible extrovert. It's actually just the opposite. I'm so fucking anxious and smartassery is my response to <laughs> anything that doesn't work for me. <laughs> so, everyone thinks it's a personality, but it's actually a defense mechanism. Hmm. Not really, mostly. Um, I also have this really bad habit of going to say something and then distracting myself with my own my own uh, digression, and that's what I just did. Rich, you were saying something? <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to um, say like what you guys had said about the uh, Rewind or Die series, and just... Um, kind of reiterate like how cool it is that he's doing that and you know all of the uh kind of all the authors like you had said shane that you know i was introduced to so many new ones um so i just thought that that was uh really cool and um red i wanted to ask you about um dismal dreams and kind of i know that some of the stories had you know been published in other in other uh, venues, and then I think some were, you know, original to the collection. And I always like to ask people who have story collections kind of how you went about going through, you know, the stories that you had and kind of, you know, the ordering process. Um, was it, like, hard for you, or did it just come pretty natural on how you put it together? Oh, I put a lot of thought into the order. And it probably doesn't make 
sense <laughs> to the reader, but it's, I actually, I, I write out little index cards with, you know, the title of the story, kind of the overall theme of the story, how, the word count, because I don't want too, too many, like, really long stories back to back, like, to mix up the, the, the length of the stories, and, but I also like the themes of the stories to kind of roll into each other. So if I have one that's about, I don't know, I don't know, family trauma, I'd like the next one to be kind of family related or at least have a similar setting so that they kind of roll into each other. And so I do put a, I put a lot of thought into it. I don't know if that comes across or not, but what I have. I know it definitely does, I yeah. think. I do too. I do too, and that's why I was just looking at the table of contents and that dollhouse is in this one too, so um, you guys can get that story either through We Are Wolves or Dismal Dreams and um, do both. Mm -hmm. Dollhouse was a lot of fun. Uh Well, it wasn't really fun to write, but uh, Dollhouse is a story about uh, a lot of times women feel pressured to look a certain way by society or by men or whatever but uh for a lot of girls that pressure comes right from inside their own home it comes from their mother Mm. (laughs) oh shit that was was, uh, a fun thing to tackle yeah um i don't imagine as a girl that it would necessarily be a fun thing to tackle but as a reader um, it's a delightful story, and I think because of the content that it deals with, an important one too. Um, but I grew up with in a household of women. There was never less than seven women in my household at any time when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, and uh, no men. So I've seen a lot of the issues that women deal with, and um, learn to feel a lot of great fucking anger toward most men sometimes, you know, like, because uh, um, when you get an insider look at the way, at the, at the way even a woman who's in a relatively safe environment, you know, with people around her who love her and um, mutually protect and whatnot, um, they, they're still going through hell compared to, I mean, some of the stuff they deal with that I don't have to deal with, mm. you know. Um, and I have no idea where I was going with this now, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it was important and I got mad. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's okay. One of the thoughts I had is I grew up in a house with three brothers. Uh, and my mom was you know, born in the 50s, and she was coming into adulthood in the early 70s, or mid-70s. And so, she was very much raised with some (laughs) old-school ideals Mm -hmm. about what women should be. But she was also growing up in a time where, you know, hear women roar and you know women empowerment and so 
I got a lot of mixed messages growing up. <laughs> I'd hear things like, you don't need a man to do anything. But then I'd bake some cookies and she said, you'd be a fine wife someday. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. <laughs> my sister's got that for you. You don't need any man for anything. But if you find one with a lot of money, <laughs> mom. I love my, I have a great relationship with my mom, so I don't mean to shit. She's probably going to listen to this. Right? Love you, mom. You're Hi, awesome. Mom. Does your mom does your mom read your work? Just out of curiosity. She reads every fucking story I write. Every single one. I, I know my mom would if she was still here. No nobody else in my family does. My my uh my dad and my sister and mom kind of anathema due to the whole queer thing, so <laughs> we 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 divorced each other. But uh yeah, so. Yeah, my mom reads all my stuff too, and um, <laughs> it does make it a little tricky. You gotta like, she's just really sweet, really, really supportive. But by like talk about pulling punches, right? You have to be like, mom, get out of the room while I'm writing. You know what I mean? Like, I know she's gonna freaking read this, so I'm like writing some really gnarly thing, and I'm like, oh, like, no, no, no. I'm not even sure not to read my work, but like. <laughs> Uh, and in that way, I'm glad that my mom's not around to read my work. It's like, what the hell happened to you? Where did I go wrong? Yeah, sometimes she'll be like, oh, wow, that was a really good, good one. I loved it. And sometimes she's, she'll be like, oh, that that was interesting. <laughs> so, that was my grandma's phrase, like, when she didn't like something. <laughs> she's like, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's me. Well, like with my dad, it was always a, yeah, it was good. But, okay, dad, fuck off. Don't even talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the fact that they read it is kind of a big deal in itself. Yeah. It is. It, is. Yeah. it really is. It's really sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm used to having my mic muted before I make noises like that. That's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, Red was talking about uh, stories that were thematically um, rolled into each other, and it immediately brought the title story of Dismal Dreams to mind, you know, where mm-hmm. there are actually things that happen in that, where there are things that could just roll into other things. and. I was trying to figure out how body parts in one would just roll into the next one. That's really morbid visions of what that could mean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the title story, Dismal Dreams, was, I kind of want to call it a happy accident because when I was putting together the, the collection, it was, you know, it was during the pandemic, and I had planned on writing a, a novel or at least a novella, and my brain just wasn't there. I wasn't, I wasn't producing, um, but I was producing short stories, and I had enough short stories, both published and sitting in my computer files, that that I could put together another collection. And my husband was like, my husband's name is Jason. I keep saying my husband. I should call him by his name. <laughs> he was like. 
He was like, just put out another collection. I'm like, shit, I hate when you're right. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I had, I only had to write maybe a couple stories, two or three stories to make it a full collection because I really want, I really wanted it to be 40,000 words because in order to qualify for a stoker, it has to be 40,000 words. That's right. <laughs> not, not that that, I believe that it could, but, you know, give it a, give it its best chance. I figured I'd write a couple more stories to give it the word count. Oh, yeah, it could. Um, but yeah. I had, so... <laughs> It all came down to naming the collection, and and if I was going to call it Dismal Dreams, then then I had to have something about the Dismal, um, the Great Dismal Swamp. So I have another novella I'm working on that takes place in the Great Dismal Swamp, which is just west of Virginia Beach, where I live. So and, it's actually a place. Yeah, it is a place. Yeah, the Great Dismal Swamp. Um and I've been there. It's beautiful. It's like the prettiest swamp you could ever visit. <laughs> I have not, but my family can't come from there. So. <laughs> and so when I wrote, uh, I fucking lost my train of thought, too. Shit. So <laughs> basically, the, the story, the title story, Dismal Dreams, was kind of written on a whim. Um, and and I, I really like what happened with it. Uh, and I, I think it worked out pretty good as a as an opening story. Uh, yeah, I think it worked out as a guarantee that nobody's going to stop reading after that story. Yay! <laughs> Mission accomplished with the initial hook. I think. <laughs> what do you think, Rich? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, as far as that being a strong uh, lead-off story. And also kind of like on the things you guys touched on, on things like rolling into each other, like that's kind of why like um, one of the stories I liked was um, Shutterstop, kind of just because of like the format of it. It was like a very linear story, but it also kind of like had, without getting too deep into it, it also kind of had like shifting elements to it, which I thought was like a really cool um, like style choice, especially for that story. Oh, cool! I'm glad you like Shutterstop. Shutterstop got rejected a lot. <laughs> really? It did, yeah, yeah. Um, and it just probably wasn't right for what those publishers were putting out. Um, yeah. But I, but I knew there was something to it, and I loved it. And I, I'm into amateur astronomy, so I needed, I needed Shutterstop to be a story that people read <laughs> for my own heart. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of amateur astronomy, God, I can hardly talk. I should drink more. Um, (laughs) I have um, one of the two novels that I have in process that unfortunately would never condense down into a novella um, is actually uh, one that I've consulted with you on, Red, because she's an amateur astronomer and kickboxer and but she's a lot more she's a lot more courageous than you are though you told me you're a coward (laughs) most people are (laughs) i am a fucking coward like i talk big game but (laughs) i'm just shaking in my boots so it's like i've consulted with red on the star thing and stuff and will some more but i won't talk to her about badassery because she just she just walks the walk she doesn't talk or talks the talk whichever 
Shut up, Shane. <laughs> I'm blushing, and it's my fault. So, what's next, though, guys? Eve. What's next? Yeah, what do you, what's in the works where you have coming, or hopefully? Well, um, I'm working on a project with Lucas Mangum, which is currently titled Heretic Hand, Mm -hmm. which we put it on Twitter, so I guess I I can just talk about it. Um, I don't think I'll talk about what it's about, but it's, um, we're both writing a point of view character, and it should, it's going to end up being a novel, at least, um, and that's going really well. And then there's like a couple other things I have in the works um, that I haven't really like. It's kind of just I, I'm kind of like uh, with my reading. I'm kind of someone with my writing too. Like I like dabble in like four projects until I really hook onto one. Um, so I'm kind of dabbling. Otherwise, um, I don't probably don't want to talk too much about them or else you know like when you talk about an idea that's not quite there yet and uh-huh. they put it out into the world like it like tricks your brain into thinking you've yeah. already done it sort of or like me i mean i drive rich nuts because it, so what's it about none of your fucking business <laughs> it's good though to keep it to yourself I yeah think, um to a certain degree but uh, yeah, it's a kind of a superstition with me. I feel like mm. if I have a really good idea, I'll jinx it by, you know, because for the same reason, I'm gonna I'm gonna dump all this creativity into it, describing what I'm thinking, you know, where the way I'm leaning, and I already know that if I make an outline, it spills all my creativity, and I'm done with the story. So I I'm afraid that I'll tell somebody, oh yeah, it's about this, and that'll be that that'll be it. I'm done telling the story. Yes. Yeah. And, and I struggle with outlines too. It, it for me, it's project by project whether I use one. Yeah. But there's definitely an aspect of when I finish the outline, it really just feels like I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I already did the work. I already created that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so if you're a major outliner, I can see the benefit of using a ghostwriter if you're James Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I have thought that exact same thing because I rely a lot on outlines, and then but when the outline is done, I've already told the entire story in my head, uh-huh. and I'm ready for the next one. And then, <laughs> but then I gotta go and actually write the fucking story. <laughs> but I've it's, already played it out in my head. I've got several outlines laying around that I did just that with outlined and tossed the outline in a drawer and moved on because I was done with that story. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm glad I'm writing for myself since I didn't actually fucking write it. (laughs) Right. I mean, if I had, like, a ton of money, like, I would totally hire ghostwriters. Like, I would put out 200 bucks a year. Like, you know what I mean? There's all those ideas that are just, like, one-off ideas that can't really like commit to because you, you know there's something better you can make but, like what if you could just put all those out into the world like that would be pretty cool yeah i think that's exactly what james patterson does yeah he tosses them to his people and then they write his book yep <laughs> i agree that and he's also a genius bastard 
<laughs> Fucking genius con well, artist motherfucker. I drink, I swear a lot. <laughs> my problem. Um, God, if I swear I drink a lot or something like that. <laughs> or similar, anyway. <laughs> no, I just swear a lot. Um, I forget who it was that came out on. I think it was Jonathan Jans. It was. I said, well, yeah. I try not. I try not to swear around people who do who don't swear. You really? Nah, fuck no, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was the episode. <laughs> well, he tries not to swear because he has students, right? He mm. has young students, mm-hmm. yeah. He's so very... he has a persona to uphold. <laughs> yep, and he's very meticulous about it. He's very devoted. I uh, yeah. I yes. respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I can get him to say motherfucker in private every now and then, so he's, he's, he is a human being. <laughs> I've done that. the Turing test on him, the motherfucker Turing test. Right. <laughs> I think one of the funniest things I saw happen last year is uh, Hightower going on to, was it Monster Men or Final Guys? Monster I think it was Man. Monster Man. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was because uh, Jack Kim PC is not big on swearing on that show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's all the way through it, and Laurel sends us the link, and I listen to it, and I say, yep, you got away with a motherfucker in there. <laughs> and she says, <laughs> I did? <laughs> <laughs> but she sli- it just slips off her tongue so naturally that even Kim PC didn't notice it. yeah and and the the funny thing about him is that uh i think it was you shane when they did their like i think it was like an anniversary or episode didn't you like write in a question asking him to say it on air yeah he did (laughs) (laughs) that was awesome uh i've I've written that question to them like 40 times that was the first time he actually responded to it (laughs) i don't think he did it to to accommodate me, I think he did it to shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're sitting here talking about us. Hey, you guys don't mind, do you? No. So, Rich. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, what? you have a question? I actually, I started this uh, episode out very nervous, as you probably all might have noticed. And I'm not sure why, but it happens with me. I didn't um, notice. I didn't uh, notice. Uh, I'm always nervous, so... <laughs> it, the, if I'm forgetting stuff more and more and more, generally that's a sign that I'm sitting here trying not to drink. Trying try not to drink. <laughs> trying try not to freak out and drinking too much is what I should have been saying there. Um, but uh, I have so, so, so wanted to have both of you on here to talk to you for so long. Oh. Um you're you're both you're two of my very favorite people on Twitter. Um, not just for I mean for your friendship and you know coolness, but just following your your feeds and stuff. Um, you always have interesting things to say or funny things to say. I recommend anyone um, who's on Twitter and loves good literature and and uh, fun people follow either one of you, but. You'll have to tell them your Twitter handle because I'm not that fucking good. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Shane. That's really sweet of you. Um, my Twitter handle is Eve Harms Writes, uh, though I have been thinking about changing it to Eve Harms Artificial. 
Um, <laughs> I like, like official, that. official but artificial. <laughs> Anyways, how about Red? What's yeah. your handle? I'm just Red Lego. Mm. That's good. I wish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty basic. <laughs> Red See, I'm glad that Rich did the intro because I would not have thought to ask you how to pronounce that, and I I would have been all fucking redneck white guy, Red Lago. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I've spent my life being called different names, so it doesn't matter. People kind of decide whatever my first name is going to be, too. It doesn't bother me. Some people call me Red. Some people call me by Leanne. Some people call me LA. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, and the reason I asked. These are kind. You're not being an asshole. You can call me whatever the fuck you want. Right. <laughs> yeah. And pretty much, even if you're being an asshole, you can't. I'm just going to respond differently. Yeah. <laughs> for the most part, you know, I, I grew up with a mom who had some very creative terminology for my particular pronoun. Um, you know, so I've been called all kinds of motherfuckers, so it really doesn't faze me all that much. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, I thought my full name was Shane motherfucking Douglas Keene. <laughs> 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 oh go ahead rich oh no i was just gonna say yeah um when you had said that like i always ask because like those first couple minutes especially when i do the intro like i get so like nervous <laughs> that like i'm always scared that i'm gonna like completely mess it up like no matter what the person's name is. <laughs> John Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the worst one for me, with the most embarrassing one, was Adam Caesar. That, oh, yeah. Uh, the way he spells it, I've always called him Adam Caesar. Oh, I oh. thought it was that, too. I and, did, too. No, and he came on, and I called him that. But he's, nope, it's Caesar, actually. Oh, oh, it is, huh? And then I continued <laughs> to call him Cesar for the rest of the <laughs> <laughs> It's like, dude, I've been calling you that for seven years. What do you expect? <laughs> seven years. That is your name in my head. Yeah. <laughs> so Richard takes the smarter route and actually asks people how to say things. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so intense, so, like... Call me Caesar, you know, <laughs> like it's Caesar actually. Right. Like, trust me by my correct title, thank you. <laughs> Call me Caesar. <laughs> now we gotta get him back on the show. That's not yeah. a story. Call me Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> it's a name with strength. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a hell of a nice guy too. Funny guy too. Mm-hmm. But uh But nothing I don't remember now. Um, we've been at this for a long time, and I'm still s- terrible at it. <laughs> we were someone was asking us last week, I think it was a week before last. So how long does it take before you get over the stage fright and stuff and stop being nervous when you go into one of these things? <laughs> Shit. Yeah. This is Never. me facing my fear every fucking week, bro. <laughs> yeah, same here. Mm. That's awesome. I have terrible public speaking fear, um, mm. and it's not like I can I can talk myself out of it. So I I did a lot of PTA crap for a while, and some of that PTA crap required me to get up in front of like a whole body of parents 
at an event and talk about whatever. And so I had a, a, a little 30-second speech to prepare, and I'd done it. And I got up there, and it was no big deal, and I just start shaking. My body just started vibrating, like, the entire thing. Like, my butt cheeks were shaking. Oh, God. Like, what the fuck is going on? Dude, I've been there. I was there. nervous beforehand. I'm like, okay, I got to go in front of these people. I have to say this thing. It's going to take 20 seconds. I'll be fine. And I get up there, and everything just starts shaking. It's totally fight, flight, or freeze syndrome. Uh-huh. And, my, uh, first, my first reaction is my voice starts shaking. Yeah, yeah. And that happens to me, too, because my whole body is shaking, my voice shakes, and I'm like, what is happening? I don't even understand why. Why, why does this happen? Uh, my favorite uh, speech community, public speaking thing came from a speech comm class, because I had just had, well, we had just had my um, first daughter, and it was, we were, she was in labor for probably 36 hours, I think, um, and it was miserable labor. And I walked onto the college campus um, looking like I'd just been through 36 hours of hell hmm. and went to my speech comm teacher and said, I need to put this speech off. I need to postpone till the next round. And Nope, do it today or I'll fail you. Oh, jeez. And I had nothing. So I walked into the class and I said, hello, everybody. I'm Shane. I don't like to talk to people. I'm really fucking tired. Me and my wife just had a fucking baby. Have a nice day and just walked out of the class. <laughs> and, he, and he passed me. That's beautiful. <laughs> I was like, Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's my form of responding to you know social social pressure. Sure, I'll talk to you, mm-hmm. but you're not gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I always cave under social pressure. Mm. I'm a coward. I am too. Too, but that, that's what I'm that is me caving when I start uh, yeah <laughs> I'm, it's like I'm either thinking I'm funny or I'm lashing out and either way I'm pissing people off so pretty much you know I'm being cowardly at that point in time uh, not really mm. no yes really all the time I stuck mm. at people <laughs> When I, when I go out in public, I have to get heavily drugged up to go around people. Legal drugs, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can doesn't relate. help with that. No. So, definitely yeah. lost some social skills uh, <laughs> over yeah. the past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, I, me too, especially, you know, I've literally been locked up with one person for almost two years you know <laughs> so like yeah every everybody's uh level of anxiety has changed a lot even people who didn't have problems and now seeing therapists therapists are thriving mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah my my family and i so i have a pretty basic nuclear family me and my husband and i have a boy and a girl um i mean we're all fucking weird as shit, but <laughs> we're, we're a nuclear, nuclear family, I guess. Um, but we're very, we're all very much uh, introverts. Yeah. Uh, my husband is probably more of an outgoing person than any of us, but as he gets older, he kind of, he's been drawing inward. <laughs> and we all just enjoy each other's company more than anybody else's, and so we've kind of 
thrive during the pandemic when it comes to just being around each other and and not having to go to so many social events. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well I'm that way in that I, I actually enjoy solitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but same. Actually yeah. enjoy it so much that being cooped up with even just one person for two years is driving me out of my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I just love Go ahead. Solitude. Yeah, I, I can agree with that, uh, Shane. Like, I, I prefer solitude, but I think it's just because, like, sometimes I get so nervous, uh, like, talking to people. And that's, like, one of the cool things about doing this show is, like, even yeah. though it is pretty scary every <laughs> every week um, for me because I've always struggled with that and, like, with, you know, talking with people I don't know, is usually by the end it's a lot more comfortable um, but yeah, like you had mentioned earlier, like every time the beginning, it like, even if it's somebody we know, like I, it's always like nerve wracking and then it gets I'm way so easier. Oh, that's that okay. Like, that's my cat's feeding alarm. Awesome. I'll text, I'll text my spouse to feed them. Oh, that's so a good idea. The cat's the cat's got an alarm. It's like their, it's, it's their dinner bell, so they don't bug us. Like I don't know if it works or not. But. I need that for plants because all my plants die. Uh, my wife does that too. Murders them dead every time. It's one of her one of her <laughs> one of her most endearing traits. If it's not asking for food, I'm not going to feed it. <laughs> right. But it didn't fucking complain. There are these pots now, I guess. I don't know if these really exist. I've seen, you know, gifts and memes or whatever. Yeah. But I think there are actual smart pots that, <laughs> that tell you when you need to feed your plant. Yeah. And I need that in my life. Supposedly, yeah. I don't know if they work or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, my uh, my wife is really good at that. Um, planting a plant, taking really good care of it, getting to where it's just thriving, and then getting bored with the fucking thing. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. So I, I looked up how to grow a pineapple. So you can just buy a pineapple from a freaking grocery store. Mm-hmm. You cut off the top of it, and you stick it in some water and soil, and they, you know, it grows into a new pineapple plant. And I did that. And we're in Virginia. I'm in Virginia Beach, so I'm kind of a almost tropical zone but in the winter it gets cold like we we have snow every once in a while and it does get chilly here so i was trying to grow this freaking pineapple plant and and i had it for almost two years (laughs) and then i slaughtered it this year (laughs) i stuck it outside as soon as it got nice and then i never brought it back in and then it got cold and it yeah i i ruined it I had a fern that I named Michael Myers because I kept killing it and it kept coming back. (laughs) (laughs) I interrupted you, Eve. What were you? Oh, um, I was not saying anything, actually. (laughs) It must have been one of those voices in my head. That's why I get so confused sometimes. Who was that talking again? Oh, never mind. Not, Not any of you guys. 
Anyway, I'm babbling. Um, it's a sure sign that uh, things are going to fall apart quickly. Um, which is all right. <laughs> um, I actually, though, I have loved talking with you guys. I want to talk more. Um, I want to bring you back again. We're going to do a uh, little change-up on the show. Uh, we're going to start actually transitioning fairly shortly, but it'll take us a while. Um, we're going to start recording at an earlier hour, and um, that's, I mean, you can still drink at that earlier hour by all means. Um, but we're also going to go to more of a kind of a roundtable slash panel format. Um, we experimented it a few weeks ago, and it worked out really well. Um, cool. Got a lot of information out of several people, and they were able to get their news out about their books and everything and still have a really good substantive talk. And I would love to bring you guys back in for one of those. I would love that. Thank you. Yes, excellent. Yes, yeah, this is fun. And also, we always have guest host slots available, so anytime you're inclined, if that's something you'd be interested in, one of us will bug you about it, I'm sure. Chirp, chirp, crickets, crickets. Yeah, I'm crickets. not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> They're all fucked, but this wasn't fun at all. Shane, what are you trying to do to me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... Most, but I'd have to think on it for a while because that requires a lot of um, planning on my part. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> have you heard me tonight? <laughs> no, I do, well. I do. You guys do well with it. I'm. I don't know. I'm not good enough for that kind of. Like I'm Honestly. clutching my pearls that don't exist right now, thinking about it. <laughs> I totally get it. I do. <laughs> Um, and uh, usually I'm more prepared than I sound like I am. Um, tonight was just at the end of a crazy-ass week, and um, a lot of stuff went down, a lot of good things, um, and um, I don't multitask well. Or rather, I multitask too well, so I do multiple tasks when I should be doing one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, I, that's why I've always... That's why I, um, you know, Rich is such a godsend to me because I can sit here and try to make shit up to talk about while he says sensible things. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. you, you got anything else, Rich? No, no. Um, just to reiterate what Shane said, um, loved having you guys on, loved your books, um, and we definitely look forward to having you on again sometime soon. Thank you. Red, when's your book coming out? Thank you. Uh, Dismal Dreams comes out June 25th. Super nervous about it. Um, you don't have anything to be nervous about it, except for how many emails you're going to have to answer people emailing you to praise you. So, oh, thank you. Stress out over all the socializing you're going to have to do, Red. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, scare socializing, scares that care. Um, it's uh, end of July. Is anybody going to that? Um, I can't. It's too far out of my out of my range. But uh, you're right in that neck of the woods, aren't you? I am. I'm less than an hour drive away, so I'm going. You're so lucky. <laughs> Very lucky. But, uh, yeah, that's a good event too, man. On on all accounts. Um, very worthwhile. 
gain a lot of knowledge, meet a lot of cool people, buy some awesome books, and also help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, they, yeah, they were the biggest donor to my daughter when her house burned down. Really? Um, yeah, and I'd never interacted with any of them or anything. I just posted that I had a GoFundMe going for my daughter, and um, they were there within seconds and dropped a sizable donation on. Um, oh, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, but it's always heartwarming to me to see how this community comes together when it needs to. So, mm-hmm. you know, long live indie horror and this community. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, you two. I appreciate it. Um, like I said, we'll have you back as soon as possible. Um, June 25th on Dismal Dreams. Um, it's transmuted already out, Eve, or it's out? July 15th. July 15th. Okay, I thought that. I knew one of them was somewhere around the 15th day. So, yeah. Um, three orders available? Yes. Red? I'm sorry? Three orders available? Or do you have pre-orders available? Of oh, pre-order, yes, I'm sorry, yes. That's okay, pre-order. I'm drunk. <laughs> All right, that is my cue to stop drinking and go to bed. <laughs> All right. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Um, everybody, go yeah, pre-order thank those you. fucking books. Listen to me, I know what I'm talking about on this <laughs> subject. We love you, Shane, thank you. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yep. Have a good night, guys. Yeah, you too. Is somebody going to hang the fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs>